The Money Show. Small business. On Thursdays, we always get into our small business focus as well. Then tonight, we're going to try and stop thinking locally. We do have some other thoughts as well on this, but Rich Mulholland joins us, an entrepreneur and blogger extraordinaire at Missing Link. Rich, thank you so much for the time. Appreciate it. We keep thinking to ourselves, I need to make sure that I can penetrate the South African market or this market here or Gauteng or just my region. Is that what we're talking about here? Is that, you know, the, the essence of the discussion? Yeah, Arbile, I think that's exactly what we're talking about here is that everything changed last year. You know, our business was attacked. We work in live events. And of course, we had to change like everybody else and take things online. But what changed is realization that I no longer had to work with customers in South Africa. It was as easy for me to do business in Cape Cod as it was to do business in Cape Town. Now, I'm in Albany, New York at the moment doing a speaking event, and I was talking about this idea yesterday to the audience that they're still thinking about local issues. And I thought, why are we doing that? Why are we thinking locally? Why do we not see the world as our office? Yeah, and why is that, though? I mean, what happens with with our mindsets? Is it just because we don't dream big enough or we dream big, but... Uh, then still limit ourselves because we just feel like operations don't work? Or is it just a reality that, unfortunately, businesses don't always grow as fast as we'd like? The first three years always is what we see as being the toughest time as well. And if we don't grow beyond our own region, we could never get to that global state. Yes, but there's also another side to this, is that the one side is to think as a defender or as an attacker in that, can I grow my business outside of our region? But the other side is to understand that other businesses in your space, they're thinking like attackers. So this isn't simply a, a move for growth. It's actually a move for defense. Because as I said to my audience yesterday, they need to understand that whether or not they want to do business outside, in this case, it was Buffalo, whether they want to do business outside Buffalo is almost unimportant. What they need to understand is that my business wants to do, to, to, you know, my company wants to do business inside it. So their market is no longer safe. Being local used to be an advantage, you know, deal with us, we're local, we're there, but now businesses can, can come from outside. You know, our business is very, very focused on the Canadian market. So we're kind of going to war with businesses there. They don't even know we're coming. And I think that's a problem. And it stems from the idea that many businesses looked at the technology shifts last year and they asked themselves, you know, how can we do business in spite of having to do it this way? We kind of said, how can we do business because we're doing it this way? And as soon as we changed our mindset from in spite of, as soon as we stopped seeing doing business on Zoom as a bug and started seeing it as a feature, it opened up the entire world to us. And I think that's what, how businesses need to look. Yeah. They need to go on the attack. some point, we, we, we were kind of forced onto it, though, right? It, it was kind of forced on us. Uh, things like doing your business on Zoom meant you, you kind of had no choice. And adaptability becomes quite a big element to it, too. You, you adapt to what's changing, how your business is run. And what I'm even realizing from some of the conversations we've had here, I mean, we've spoken to uh, the likes of Spur, Gallo Music, uh, the Content Connect Africa guys as well. Even our side hustle uh, conversation a little bit earlier was really about that adaptability. COVID has, has come and gone, or well, not gone per se, but it's come and we know what to expect for the most part. So it's now that time to just adapt, right? Right. It's, but it's, I think what happens is to some degree, many businesses adapted, but now they're waiting to adapt back. 
like people were talking about going back to normal, but we need to go forward to normal or nuke normal altogether. Mm. We need to turn around and say, well, now that we can do this, it's kind of like the world before social media and the world after social media. So to let's pretend the launch of Facebook was like COVID and it disrupted all parts of your business, waiting to go back for that disruption to be finished and to live in a world, you know, like it was before Facebook existed is nonsensical. What we need to do is to see the, the advent of a new technology as a new foundation uh, on which we can now build upon. And so instead of seeing it as a barrier, we need to flip it and see it as a foundation. And as soon as we start looking at saying, well, what can we do now that we couldn't do last year? What markets can we achieve now? And to simply take the mindset off that we are a local business. We, you may well be a South African business, but we don't see it that way. We are a global business and we just happen to live mostly in South Africa. But there's two advantages now. One, we have teams, uh, you know, in our business that live in other places like uh, the UK, for example, but also we have customers that exist in other places and they're, they're paying us in different currencies. And I think that's open to all service businesses based in South Africa. And we have an unfair advantage of being able to do business with people at the top level around the world without feeling like there's any uh, service loss from their side. I think it's a tremendous opportunity that most local businesses aren't taking. It really does feel that way, uh, really, for the most part. Let's talk about something else in here, right? You, we, we've, we've seen this happen before. We were speaking, we were doing engagements, we were everywhere, we were, it was so great. You could travel pretty much anywhere, Rich. You've spoken in 26 countries on six different continents, particularly in 2019 alone. And now you're going to go on your first international speaking tour in 20 months. COVID making you adapt too, isn't it? It really is. And at first, you know, the first month of, you know, March last year, I was a little bit frustrated and sad. I had a bunch of speaking tours lined up and they were all canceled. But actually, it's kind of funny that now I'm back in person. I thought it would be... Oh, everything that I've been waiting for. I did a few gigs in Joburg a couple of weeks ago and in Durban. But now being back on the road and being international again, it is awesome being in front of an audience. The thing is, though, I want to, I've realized that I want to scale my ideas uh, to audiences. I want to be able to deliver presentations at a rate far faster than I'm able to do by jumping on you know planes, trains, and automobiles. And presenting virtually on Zoom and platforms like that actually gives me a way bigger platform for growth than I would have had if I limit myself to only presenting in mm. person. So while it is fun being with audiences and being around the world and, you know, I'm presenting tonight in Albany, New York, and next week I'm in Texas, it is great. But it's, it's for me now, instead of being the primary mode of message delivery, it's going to be the secondary one. It's going to be the treat that I have to do every now and then. And most of my gigs are going to be online because that's how I can scale my reach the most. Again, I see online as a feature and not a bug. Sure. I find this so fascinating as well. I mean, this, this industry has begun to, to open up. And what you're realizing is that some entities are actually saying to themselves that we can host this event virtually. It's more cost effective. It is. And we can go big on the production. But we don't necessarily have to have everybody there. We can, we can actually just do a, a, a proper piece of work as well, right? You, you also have to be traveling internationally again, though, Rich. Weary? Worried? 
Yeah, the only, the only, I guess, downside was that in order to get into the U.S., I had to spend two weeks in Cancun, Mexico. Uh, my wife definitely didn't see that as a downside because she came with me for the forced <laughs> quarantine in a beautiful resort. So, so I, I will say that that was, that was a fun part of traveling. I think that, no, I think you're spot on. The new opportunities of doing things. One, if we're having uh, events that are hybrid, and I think that's where the answer will be. It's not either or, it's both. I think all events now need to be thought of as, you know, how do we appeal to people in person and how do we appeal to people online? But also, what speakers do we bring in live into the room and what speakers do we bring in from, you know, around the world? Because when you're saving on first class travel, you know, for some of the world's top speakers, all of a sudden they become a whole lot more affordable to bring in and to have presented at your big company conference. And I think that's very exciting. It just takes a mindset shift. And again, just that whole, to go back to our original point, the idea of losing the idea of local and just seeing, thinking global about everything that we do now. For many of us, it'll open a, a floodgate of opportunity. Yeah, so important to kind of have that floodgate as much as possible. Rich Mulholland, thank you so much for the time. Really appreciated entrepreneur and blogger extraordinaire at Missing Link joining us then for our small business focus. Stop thinking so locally.